Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy Watch the message. Your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 12. Whenever I talked to Pastor Rice this week, and uh, he asked me if I would, if I would speak today, I kind of knew that this would probably be my last uh, last time preaching in this pulpit prior to moving. And so it stirred something in me of like, what, what do you say? Like, you've got, you've got one last word. What, what's it going to be? And uh, the Lord kind of took me in my mind back to a place that I came to many years ago when I, when I first arrived. And we took over as student pastors. And it was, give them Jesus. Just whatever you do, give them Jesus. Just if you got nothing else to give them, nothing else to offer, as long as Jesus is there, they'll they'll be okay. And so with my last my last word today, I do want to do my best to do that. Just give you Jesus and allow him to work on you. But John chapter 8, verse 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then also Psalm 30, verse 5 says, For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Does anybody want joy today? Does anybody want victory in the house of the Lord today? Amen. If you will allow me for just the next few moments, I would like to speak to you under the title of Wake Up. Wake Up. Amen. Why don't you set your Bible down next to you as we go to the Lord in prayer one last time over the remainder of this service. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your presence, for your power. Lord, for your willingness to change us, God, to bless us, to use us. Lord, right now, God, I pray that you would use your word to edify us, Lord, to draw us closer to you. Lord, I pray that there be an outpouring of your spirit, God, that we would experience you in a new way, that we would know you are with us, that you are for us, and that you are here today, Lord, to show us just that. Lord, have your way in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. (coughs) We have any morning people in the house, any early birds. I wish I was one of you. I I love early mornings. I hate waking up to find them. Um, My wife usually, naturally, is probably more of a morning person than I am. My work makes me get up. Can you believe it? Um, But me and my dear sweet daughter, Blakely, we are not morning people um, by by normal circumstances. It's something that we are kind of forced into. Uh, But I can say this. There is something very special. Uh, there's something that's enticing about the warm sunshine on a clear morning. There's something about that walking out the door and feeling the sun on your face for the first time that day and kind of taking that first deep breath of, of fresh air uh, that is refreshing to us. It, it makes us uh, feel alive even. In our bedroom at home, we have two port windows that look like they go on a ship uh, on the east wall of our bedroom, and every morning, whether you like it or not, that sun is coming through. And it's something that at first I had to get used to, but now I love. I love waking up to that sunshine coming through the windows. It it reminds me that it's morning. It it shows that, like, hey, whether you like me or not, here I am, right? 
And so I, I've gone to, to, to love them. A child's bad dream woken up to at night results in a sleepover in mom and dad's bed. But if they wake up and the sun's out, then it's just over. The day has begun, right? And so there's something very special about the sunlight. Do we have any hunters in the house? I've walked through the woods many times in the dark wishing I wouldn't have. You get up early, Brother Kyle would get up early to go to the duck blind or the deer woods, and you walk out there and you're like, I'm going to do this with no light so I don't scare any animals. And then you're the scared animal. Like, it's dark. You know, there's nothing out there. Um, and so I've, I've done it many times where it's like I, I shuffle my way through the woods or through a field, and I know things can see me, and I can't see them, quite honestly. And uh, so it's like, son, come up. Please, like, show me your warmth, right? Uh, one of the most vivid memories I have, and probably one I will always remember, is the property we had we, had, we recently sold over in Ellis Grove. And I deer hunted there uh, the past two years. And I remember one morning in particular, it was actually November 12th of last year. If that tells you how much I remember it. Um, I got up, I got dressed, and I looked out the window, and there's like an inch and a half of snow on the ground. And I got out there, and I walked through the snow, and again, like you're scared. I'm not too manly to admit I was scared, okay, walking through these woods and crunch, crunch, crunch on the snow. And I get up to my stand, and I sit there for about 30 minutes, and the sun finally begins to come up a little bit through the flurries. And I will never forget the, just the picture that that presented. Crop fields with snow falling in them and that, that subtle sunrise. It was beautiful. It was absolutely uh, fantastic. But as a hunter, it also means it's showtime, right? I couldn't wait for that sun to come up. Like, I'm not doing anything in the dark, so come on, sun. We, we like the way the sun makes us feel in the early morning. It makes us feel good and safe. It, it brings life to a morning. If you've ever sat outside for a sunrise, you know what it's like to hear the very first bird chirp and realize the world is waking up. It's just a magical moment. It's a fresh start, a new beginning. It's another chance, if you will. There's something very beautiful about seeing the first ray of sunshine, and it, it pushes away darkness and all that darkness accompanies. It does away with the darkness. Nighttime is now gone. Morning is here, and for the next foreseeable future, it will be bright. It will be, it will be daytime. <coughs> but today, I'm not uh, so naive to think that while we enjoy the sunshine and we enjoy mornings, that some of us have not had dark nights. Some of us have had physical dark nights, and some of us have had emotional dark nights, and some of us have had spiritual dark nights. It's it's very much who we are as people to experience each one of these. I've come to encourage you this morning that with the light, your morning begins. And when the morning comes, your joy also comes. And that's not my words, that's the Bible this morning. There is joy that is coming in the morning. So maybe not too different from you this morning, the children of Israel become accompanied to darkness. We read the book of Exodus where they are enslaved. They are experiencing oppression and hunger and despair and all that has to accompany slavery. From the time Joseph, his brothers, and their families arrived in Egypt until the time of the Exodus, Jacob's family had grown to number roughly three million people strong. This population explosion or this, this uh, great uh, extension of family happened in only 400 years. 400 years up to 3 million people. 
and confirmed the covenant which God had made with, with Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. And in Genesis 17, God has told uh, to, to childless Abram, my covenant is with you, and ye shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall you, your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. So later in Egypt, anytime someone looked upon the, the sea of, of Jewish faces, they would be reminded that God is faithful because God has taken us from nothing to something. Even in our despair, even in this dark moment, God has made something of us. God has showed us and he has kept his promise with us that there would be the, the multiplying of his descendants. He kept a promise even to a 90-year-old man like Abraham that, that this will happen. But at some point during the 400 years in, in Egypt, the Jews became slaves to the Egyptians. And during this time, they probably felt the feelings that we can imagine them feeling. Depression, oppression, pain, agony, feeling lost even though you're in a stationary place. Has anybody ever been there? A little out of body at times even, uh, knowing that like this is all that life has for me. This is it. This is what we've come to. This is the place that we are, are trapped in. Maybe they were stressed or anxious. We know for sure that they were exhausted, that they were probably hungry. I can only imagine the darkness that, that had to weigh on their minds. But if we continue, we learn that God sends them a leader to get them out of this bondage. God calls Moses to, to lead them to the land that God has promised them. And when he arrives, of course, there's opposition. And this is where I want to spend some time with you this morning, if you'll allow me. It, it, it occurs during the period in which Moses arrives as, God, uh, as God's deliverer. Um, the scene is at night, uh, and gross darkness has fallen all over the entire earth. The Bible says this is during the, the plagues that we, we read about in early Exodus. <coughs> and after multiple warnings in the form of plagues, failed to convince the Egyptian king to let God's people go, God struck a fatal blow to every firstborn in the kingdom of Egypt, including sons. So in the middle of the night, with no advanced preparation or planning, the king not only released the Jews, he expelled them. He didn't say, you can go. He said, go. Get out of here. Like, I'm done with this. I can't take any more. This is, this is over. He, he sends them out. And so if you imagine with me the scene that this creates for the, the Jewish people, there is darkness everywhere. There is death everywhere. There is probably pain and agony and, and crying everywhere in the kingdom that they are in. The knowledge that you have to leave everything you have known immediately. Like, okay, he said go. We got to go right now. Like there was no preparation. Up till this point, he had said no. So it's not like they were packed and just like waiting by the door, like, okay, as soon as he said, no, they were still working. The Bible says that Pharaoh actually made it difficult for them to work, to continue to produce what they were producing. So they were not ready. They had to prepare everything. In the middle of the night, they got up and they were like, all right, we're going. Get your stuff, get your kids, get some water, get some food, whatever you can carry. Get ready to defend yourself. We're leaving. And so I can imagine the great fear swept over the Jews. I can imagine there was some reluctancy to leave the familiar surroundings of the Egyptian overlords. So here they are scrambling to grab everything 
and anything they could carry. And suddenly, in the middle of that chaotic dark night, a pillar of light appeared in the sky. It's found in Exodus 13. It was a light not like any other light. It was not the sun coming up. It was not a spotlight that was moving and panning and moving all around. It was not a candle. It was not a a fire that someone had started on the ground that was putting off a soft glow in the distance. No, this was a pillar of light from heaven, the Bible says. This light was strange. It did not light up the entire sky or eliminate a, a, a big part of the earth. Instead, it beamed upon a particular narrow path. And something within those confused and fearful Jews instinctively knew to follow that light. Talking about faith. To follow the unknown. Be in the unknown. Experience the unknown. Experience fear. And then to then follow what you also don't know. But they followed, and as they moved to the light, the light began to move as well, guiding them along their way. And they marched until they came to a seashore. When they were confronted with no option but to turn back to Egypt or to march into the sea, the pillar moved over the sea, and God commanded Moses to put out his staff over the water, and it parted. You look closely at what the Bible says in Exodus. It also says that as the Egyptians came, that that pillar switched positions and went from leading them to protecting them on the backside. It held the Egyptians at bay. And so before I go any further, I want to just uh, uh, remind somebody today that light offers protection, that the light that Jesus offers us is one that comforts us and it protects us. And maybe some of us are on the run from uh, trying to get away from a past life or a hurt or a pain or an embarrassment, or maybe there's something in our life that we wish we could go away from. We're trying to forget and we're trying to leave behind us what it behind or what is behind us, but it keeps pursuing you. Am I preaching to anybody today that the past is still a real thing? Even though it's covered in the blood, our human minds cannot comprehend truly forgetting what is behind us. And so as we leave our personal Egypt, we do one of these. Every so often to see where the enemy's at and what God does is he takes this pillar that is a light by night and a cloud by day And he puts it behind them and says, there, now stop worrying about it. Just do what I told you to do. That's how God works this morning. Forget about it. You see uh, on the horizon, you see your enemy on the horizon and maybe you're afraid. And I'm here to remind you today that God has been uh, uh, following us and can change position on a dime when necessary. He can go from let's go to I've got your back in just a split second. He go, can go from I'm leading you to turning back isn't an option. Don't look here anymore. Just keep going where I directed you to. And if nothing else comes from this today, I want you to know that God's protection is still for you. When he calls you to go somewhere, he goes with you and he leads the way. And every so often something may come up that it's from the past, and you're like, oh, what am I going to do with this? And you will watch God shift behind you and offer protection in a way that you never thought possible. I'm here to tell you today that God is the God of today, yesterday, forevermore, right? It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey as long as God is with you. There's power in the light. Blakely has recently started sleeping in her own room. Praise God. It was her or me. I'm kidding. But we put a nightlight in her room. 
Why? Makes her feel safe. When she can see, she feels comforted, just like we do. And so I want to remind you today that as long as you can see the light of the Lord, as long as you can see Jesus, as long as you're close enough to him to feel the warmth of a fire made by him, you'll be just fine. Whether he's in front of you, whether he's protecting you in in hindsight or behind you, it doesn't matter where he is, there's blessing. Oh, here we are, we're in Exodus. The water is, is torn into two clearly defined walls, the Bible says. And in the middle of a cold, dark, frightening night, God brought them out of Egypt through the most unlikely of routes and at the worst possible traveling time. It could not be any worse than where they are. They're trapped between an army who wants to kill them and a sea. They're already unmatched in power and and, and, uh, equipment to fight. They are completely isolated. (coughs) But it seems to me that this is often the way that God works. Pastor, you mentioned it just a few moments ago, and I kind of chuckled, but he brings us into situations and circumstances where we are required to trust him. We can't do it. I've got no power to, to accomplish this, but, but he does. And so, quite frankly, I don't have any other option but to trust God simply so that he can show himself trustworthy. It is in our darkest times that God shows himself strong. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect. In what? Weakness. We are made strong through him because we are weak. He gives us that power. And so in our darkest times, God shows himself strong. He shows up and he shows out when our backs are against the wall. And whether we recognize it or not, there are are times when God rescues us. And there are times when God sends fire from heaven to consume things that, quite frankly, we don't even know about. There are times when we defend ourselves, and then there are times that without warning, God just steps in and is like, not today, Satan. It's not happening. They're mine. My hand is upon them. Here's this pillar. Here's this line. You will not cross it. They are mine, and we should be grateful for that. But on this night, the, the cumulative cries of Abraham's children over 400 years moved God into action is what happened. Their agony and their pain all came out in one moment. And when God got ready to move, there was nothing, and I do mean nothing, that was going to stop him. There was nothing that was going to stop this exodus. Nothing. Pharaoh tried. And God said, okay, I see you, and I raise you over and over and over again until they had had enough. And so we see where God steps in. There's no light, and he becomes their light in the middle of the night. Uh, no direction, he orders their steps. He literally parts the sea and says, there, go there. No weapons, he uses a cloud and fire. This is the God we serve. He doesn't use things that we are accustomed to. He doesn't use things that we are used to using. He is not subjected to our law or our principle. He is not subjected to our, our, our weaponry or anything else. He is a God all to himself. And whenever he puts his mind to something, there's nothing that's going to stop him. But salvation, and this is where it gets good, y'all. It's all right, you can laugh at me. Salvation in this situation depended on their willingness to trust the light. They had to follow something they didn't know. They had to 
listen to someone they didn't know. They had to trust something that they didn't understand. And so I've come to encourage this body today that it's time to wake up and see the light that's in front of you. It's time that we are shaken from our slumber and understand the power that we have in the name of Jesus Christ. It's time that we looked at the examples found throughout the Bible and we say, an army, I've got a fire. An army, I've got a cloud. You think you're something? Watch a sea just move out of my way. We have to wake up today and understand that the circumstances that we find ourselves in are nothing like what we've seen in the past, and God always wins. <coughs> Too long the bride of Christ has been held by powers of darkness. But it's morning, and the sun, S-O-N, has risen and pushed back the darkness for you. No longer are we to be bound by the same things we've always been bound by. Today, you can be free from depression. Today, you can be free from addiction. Today, your body can and might be healed. Why? Because God is still in control. <coughs> He's created the way of our escape. In our text today, Jesus says that I am the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The answer for oppression today, church, is Jesus. The answer for fear is Jesus. I told you I was going to give you Jesus. This is as simple as it gets today. The answer for those that are hopeless, you know what it is? It's Jesus. The answer for your depression is Jesus. The answer for divorce is Jesus. The answer for prodigals is still Jesus. If you have the light of life inside of you, if you are staying close to Jesus, nothing else matters. Why? Because he is the light in the midst of your darkness. And as the Bible says, he who follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So not only does he defeat and push back darkness, he removes you from it, is what the Bible says. And so simply put today, wake up. Wake up. I, I know what it's like to feel the warmth of sunshine on my face for the first time. I know what it's like to have light pouring through a window. I know what it's like to be sitting in a tree out in nature and hear the world just kind of come to life all around me. And I'm here to tell you the same feeling that, that we get from a first sunrise. It's the same feeling when you experience Jesus times 100. If you will experience this light that I'm talking about, it far superior. Uh, it, it's far superior than anything else we've ever seen. And so simply wake up and feel the light. Wake up and see that morning is here. That light has broken your darkness. And simply rejoice knowing that your darkness is no more. Perhaps some of the, the refugees that we see in Exodus wandered if the pillar of fire was leading them into the right direction, or if it could be trusted at all. I'm not too proud to tell you I'm a pessimist. I am a glass half full guy. And I can tell you after a couple days, I'm going to be like, are we really following like a cloud right now? Doesn't that usually just mean rain? Like, shouldn't we be going the other way? Just being honest with you, I can imagine that they're, maybe in the same place that they're wondering, 
Perhaps they complained that this was simply a natural phenomenon and unworthy of trust. But I want to remind you that while we have our moments of doubt and while we struggle to understand, is Jesus, is this Jesus thing for real? Should I really give my life to this? Should I really trust this? All who followed, the Bible says. All who followed, even those who struggled to believe, came through the same sea. All who trusted, all who trudged on, even when they see, there seemed to be no hope, all who followed the light were saved. Not one was lost. Jesus is the light of the world. And all who trust in him will be saved. Every single person who follows the light, who uh, wherever goes where God says to go, they will be saved. When they fix their eyes on him, they will be saved. And so if I can pause for a moment and just say this, when we follow the light, when we are close to Jesus, his salvation is for all of us. I don't care where you come from. I don't care if this is your first Sunday or your last Sunday. I don't care if you're 103 or 3. It really doesn't matter to me. If you will stay close to Jesus, you will find salvation. If you will follow the light, you will get to the other side. I've come to preach to somebody who's struggling in their faith today. If you will just stay close to Jesus, Jesus is all you need. You can walk through the seas. You can escape armies. You can see things you never thought you'd see. And at the end of the day, God is still God, and you are still you. Not just from physical destruction, but from eternal destruction, God saves us. He saves us from death and from hell. And that's what the cross was all about. That's why he asked us to deny ourselves and to take up our crosses and follow him. I think we often read that and we think that God is trying to deny us of our, our personal pleasures. That God is trying to say, no, like put yourself in check and follow me. Well, he's putting us in check, but sometimes I think what he's really saying is deny your doubts. Follow me when you don't believe me. Deny your fears. Deny your own path. Stop worrying about this or that and just follow me. Just pick your cross up and follow me. And so instead, trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto your own understanding and in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's what the Bible says. Would our music come today? My prayer is that we are stirred. My prayer is that we are awakened this morning, not because I brought you some revelation that you've never heard before, but because God is still God, you are sitting in his house and he tells you that he is the light and that if you will stay close to him, he'll take care of it all. If I can encourage you today, some of us live in, in the darkness. Some of us live in what we maybe even quantify as nightmares. Anybody ever had one of those? Yes, we've had nightmares. Can I tell you, don't choose to stay in the nightmare. Some of us have been in depression for so long, we don't know what it's like without it. Wake up. Break that nightmare. Realize the sun is coming on up. Whether you're ready for it or not, here he is. Some of us have got to break the mold this morning. Some of us have got to get outside of ordinary. Some of us have got to realize that the life we're living is not for us. 
This is a nightmare we're living in. If we wake up to see what God really has for us, we will understand that's one of blessing, one of love. Would you stand with me today? Psalm 30 and 5 says, For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Brother Cody, would you put that up on the screen for me? Psalm 30 and 5. I want to break this down for you for just a moment. You see the first line there, for his anger endureth but a moment. Everybody say a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. Everybody say a night. But joy comes in the morning. What I want to break down to you this morning is that a moment means one. One moment. His anger lasts for one moment and weeping endures for one night. But joy comes in the morning. In his favor is life. Well, I'm here to tell somebody today that life is more than just one. It's more than just one day. It's worth more than just one moment. No, it continues. And what we see is that punishment and shame and hurt, it only lasts temporarily. But the good things, they keep on going. Every morning the sun comes up, whether we recognize it or not, whether there's clouds in the way or not. And so what I'm trying to get us to understand today is that if we wake up, and we see how good God is, then we will not be hindered by a moment or a night, but that we will focus on the joy that comes every morning. And so today, don't sleep in. Don't overlook what God wants to do. Don't pull the covers over your head and get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get some Jesus. Get some joy. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. He's not going anywhere. He's here for you today. And so as I draw this to a close today, I wonder if there's anybody in the house that needs to find a place to pray. And they need to realign their will in their heart, their mind with Jesus. And they are just quite frankly willing to say no more. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep anymore. I'm not going to sit here in turmoil and fear anymore. I'm just going to give it to Jesus. I'm just going to give it to Jesus, and I'm going to enjoy the sunshine. I'm going to enjoy this morning, that that joy that accompanies it. I'm going to see what it's like to live on the other side. I'm going to enjoy God's presence. And so if that's you today, I'm opening these altars. (coughs) And I don't want to belabor anything. I know we've all got things to do today. But I want you to know that Jesus is still for you. He is still for you. And He is the light of the world. And where the light is, there can be no darkness. And so if you want to experience that for the first time, would you come today? Would you join Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net.
but have a great day and God bless.